Verse 39. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for that he hath been dead for four days now. And Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if you would believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Hallelujah. If you will believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the presence of your spirit which has flowed in this service. I thank you for all who have gathered in the house tonight. Father, we ask you now that you would lift us between the heavens and the earth, that we might behold wondrous things out of thy word, out of thy law. Help us, Holy Spirit, to lift up Jesus Christ, that he and he alone would be glorified. Help us, O oh Father, to preach thy word and to do no violence therein. And we thank you, Father. For your presence we ask that not one person who has come here tonight would leave the same way that they came but that we would all be changed into the image of jesus christ father we thank you <clears throat> for what you are about to do in these four services and we thank you for those that are yet making their way here this week father that everyone would be safe i ask for a supernatural anointing now and we will always give you the praise the honor and the glory and we serve notice on you satan in the name of jesus you are 100 percent absolutely totally and unadulteratedly defeated by the power of almighty god you cannot hinder the word from going forth we claim this territory by the blood of jesus christ and father we thank you for it and all god's people said amen and amen you may be seated hallelujah The Bible tells us that it would not be very many days before Jesus would head to the cross. He had been preaching for about three and a half years. And in the course of his ministry, he had done many great and mighty things. But there's something about this miracle which Jesus did. It would literally shake up the religious establishment. As a matter of fact, it would be the catalyst. It would be the thing that would ultimately drive the religious leaders to meet together and to try and kill him. Well, you see, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is more than a man. He's 100% man. He's 100% God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Oh, you can do better than that. <laughs> and in the course of three and a half years, maybe a little more years than that, he came to have some relationships. And one of those relationships was with Mary and Martha and a man named Lazarus. The Bible says that Jesus loved I know there's some ministers in the house tonight. The Bible tells us that Jesus felt at times tired and weary. And God will give us relationships that will bless us and strengthen us. And such was the case with Mary and, and Martha and Lazarus. 
It would only be a few days before he would, he would go into Jerusalem and, and, and word was sent to him. If I can tonight, just for a few moments, I pray by the Holy Spirit that we can be taken and transformed and translated into the past and yet it has relevance for our future. For you see, Jesus had been ministering for three and a half years. The entirety of, of the Middle East had been shaken. No one had ever spoke like this man. The Bible tells us that when he would speak, literally crowds would, would stand enraptured at his words. Wherever he was, the power of God would fall. The presence of God that we felt here tonight, as marvelous, as magnificent as that was when Jesus was there, literally the presence of God was without measure. He's God Almighty. He had to withdraw himself for, you see, the religious establishment had become threatened by the power of God that was flowing in his life. Religion will always try and control a move of God. Religion will always try and kill the moving of the Spirit of God. When you study your Bible, you will see that God, throughout the course of human history and throughout generations, He will move beyond traditionalism and beyond denominationalism, beyond religion. Be Hallelujah. When, when, when John the Baptist was risen up by, by the Lord, it was because the religious establishment had grown into such a monolithic uh, 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 structure of ritual, ritualism, but no relationship with God. And God would have to go outside the confines of the church in order to reach a society that was hungering and longing for a move of God. You see, we are living in very similar times today. For all intensive purposes, most churches that you go in today, they may have beautiful buildings, they may have stained glass windows, they may have robed choirs. But for all intensive purposes, on the inside there is no freedom and there is no liberty and there is no power of the Holy Spirit to set the captive free. But I have a feeling that something is stirring in the water. I have a feeling that God is moving by His Spirit and you can feel it in your heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Something is happening. Something is moving all over the world. Tonight in the Middle East, nations are striving against each other. Our brothers and sisters in Syria are being persecuted and, and, and dying and bullets are flying and, and children are crying. There is no safety for them. Many of you have grown up as a generation in war. You've only known war. There's a lot of young people here today. You, uh, some in your 20s, some in your 30s. You you, maybe some of you are veterans who have fought in the wars in Iraq and in the distant sands of the Middle East. You know that the world is shifting. It was just earlier in March of last year that the oceans shook in the Pacific Rim. Many of us saw on our television sets as the waves girdled uh, Japan and swept away hundreds of thousands of people and cities that had used to be there were no longer there. What is happening? If you have eyes to see, if you have ears to hear, God is reaching for his people. 
Some of you came here tonight and don't even know how you got here or why you're sitting here. But I came to tell you tonight, you are not here by accident. The Spirit of God drove you here and you don't have to leave the same way that you can. You can change in a moment, in an instant of time. He can sweep in your life. He can cleanse you. He can heal you. He can deliver you. He can set you free. He's God Almighty. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And, and Mary and Martha, they send for Jesus. Their brother is dying. See, contrary to what we hear today, we're taught in, in, in Christianity, Pentecostal and charismatic circles today, that if you just memorize enough scriptures, you can change your world. That's a lie. That's witchcraft. Okay, yeah, uh-huh, I love you too. Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you do when you rebuke the devil and he won't buke? Can we get real tonight? Or do you want me to come tell you you're a champion and everything's wonderful? Hmm? I'm talking to you about real life. Some of you tonight, you know the Lord. You love the Lord, but there are situations in your life that seem to be dying. Martha and Mary were in such a situation. They had relationship with Jesus. Jesus would eat at their table. Jesus loved them, the Bible tells us. We just read it. And they did the right thing. They sent for the Lord. Are you with me? Can I come down there? I don't like being on big platforms. Amen. He was dying. Now, in this story... I don't, I know that we sometimes we get confused because Mary and Martha sent for Jesus to heal his, their brother. Their brother was dying. And sometimes things happen to us that we don't really understand. We call out to God. We have a relationship with God. We have a need from God. We feel like we've lived for God. And yet when we call out to him and we send for him, sometimes it seems like he doesn't show up Right when we need him to. Oh, have, is anybody awake? I mean, I mean, is this real life? Have you ever been there? The Bible tells us that, that Jesus purposely waited. He waited for several reasons. One, he says, we have to go and take care of Lazarus. He's talking to his disciples, right? And the disciples say, oh, good. That means he must be getting better. Jesus said, no, he ain't getting better. As a matter of fact, Lazarus is dead. He died. Is there something that you've been believing God for tonight? Is there something that you cried out to God for tonight? Is there somebody that you're believing for God? And it just looked like you've prayed and you've cried out and you've asked God to move, but he didn't move. It looks like that person, that loved one, it looks like, like they'll never be free. It looks like they're dead. Why does he let things in our lives die? As I like to say, Jesus is always teaching us. 
God is intending to bring his church from glory to glory. Let me tell you something. This generation in which we're living right, right now, I honestly believe that this is the generation that will see the, the literal second returning of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that just prior to the second coming of the Lord, that he's going to have a spotless bride, a pure bride, a holy bride, without spot, without blemish. This requires the fire of the Holy Ghost to move. He will take things in your life. He will allow them to die. He wants to allow certain things to die in order that your position with him, my position with him, will go to the next level. One thing, and I'm hurrying, one thing he says, the disciples, they represent the ministry in this hour. The preachers in this hour. I laugh at the disciples. They're, they're funny people. I mean, they hung out with Jesus for three and a half years. And like they never got a clue, you know? They're always fighting about who's going to be the best guy, who's the one going to be sitting in the king. They had no clue that God was up to something completely different. Preachers are like that. Real stupid sometimes, you know? You guys, man. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I'm still loading up the bus. Okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. His disciples, they go, they had absolutely no clue what the Lord was about to do. Hmm? He says, it's time to go see Lazarus. They say, oh, he must be sleeping. Jesus says, he's dead. And I'm glad that he's dead. Look at God. How cruel is God? He's dead. That seems rather mean. Now, we have faith. We believe in him. We, we, we trust in him. But what happens when what you're believing for absolutely reaches the point where it completely dies? See, they tell us you can't come to San Francisco because the homosexual community is too strong there. It's dead. They tell us you can't come to the city by the bay because that's where Anton LaVey stuck a tent in the ground and said that San Francisco belongs to Satan. Hmm? You can't come to San Francisco because San Francisco is filled with a bunch of witches and crazy people and it's all dead. Well, I want to serve notice on the devil. It may look like it's dead right now, but I serve a God who walks the water. I serve a God who raises the dead. If you will believe, you shall see the glory of Almighty God. San Francisco belongs to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Praise you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. 